Paper 5. Our Creator's Relation to the Individual If the finite minds of mortals are unable to comprehend how so great and so majestic a deity as the universal Creator can descend from the eternal abode in infinite perfection to fraternize with the individual human creature, then such finite intellects must rest assurance of divine relationship upon the truth of the fact that an actual fragment of the living deity resides within the intellect of every normal-minded and morally conscious Urantia mortal. The indwelling thought-adjusters are a part of the eternal deity of the paradise creator. Mortals do not have to go farther than their own inner experience of the soul's contemplation of this spiritual reality presence to find the Creator and attempt communion. The Creator has distributed the infinity of the eternal nature throughout the existential realities of six absolute coordinates, but may, at any time, make direct personal contact with any part or phase or kind of creation through the agency of the pre-personal fragments. And the eternal creator has also reserved the prerogative of bestowing personality upon the divine creators and the living creatures of the universe of universes, while further reserving the prerogative of maintaining direct and parental contact with all these personal beings through the personality circuit. Section 1. The Approach to the Creator The inability of the finite creature to approach the infinite source is inherent not in the Creator's aloofness, but in the finiteness and material limitations of created beings. The magnitude of the spiritual difference between the highest personality of universe existence and the lower groups of created intelligences is inconceivable. Were it possible for the lower orders of intelligence to be transported instantly into the presence of the Creator, they would not know they were there. They would be just as oblivious of the presence of the universal source as where they are now. There is a long, long road ahead of mortals before they can consistently and within the realms of possibility ask for safe conduct into the paradise presence of the universal source. Spiritually, mortals must be translated many times before they can attain a plane that will yield the spiritual vision which will enable them to see even any one of the seven master spirits. Our Creator is not in hiding and is not in arbitrary seclusion. The Creator has mobilized the resources of divine wisdom in a never-ending effort to be revealed to the children of the universal domains. There is an infinite grandeur and an inexpressible generosity connected with the majesty of love which causes the Creator to yearn for the association of every created being who can comprehend, love, or approach our divine parent. And it is therefore the limitations inherent in you, inseparable from your finite personality and material existence, that determine the time and place and circumstances in which you may achieve the goal of the journey of mortal ascension and stand in the presence of the universal source at the center of all things. 
although the approach to the paradise presence of the source must await your attainment of the highest finite levels of spirit progression you should rejoice in the recognition of the ever-present possibility of immediate communion with the bestowal spirit of the creator so intimately associated with your inner soul and your spiritualizing self the mortals of the realms of time and space may differ greatly in innate abilities and intellectual endowment they may enjoy environments especially favorable to social advancement and moral progress or they may suffer from the lack of almost every human aid to culture and supposed advancement in the arts of civilization but the possibilities for spiritual progress in the ascension career are equal to all increasing levels of spiritual insight and cosmic meanings are attained quite independently of all such socio-moral differentials of the diversified material environments on the evolutionary worlds however you rancher mortals may differ in their intellectual social economic and even moral opportunities and endowments do not forget that their spiritual endowment is uniform and unique they all enjoy the same divine presence of the gift from the creator and they are all equally privileged to seek intimate personal communion with this indwelling spirit of divine origin while they may all equally choose to accept the uniform spiritual leading of these mystery monitors if mortals are wholeheartedly spiritually motivated unreservedly consecrated to the doing of the divine will then since they are so certainly and so effectively spiritually endowed by the indwelling adjuster there cannot fail to materialize in an individual's experience the sublime consciousness of knowing our creator and the supernal assurance of surviving for the purpose of finding the creator by the progressive experience of becoming more and more like the creator mortals are spiritually indwelt by surviving thought adjusters if such human minds are sincerely and spiritually motivated if such human souls desire to know and become like our creator honestly want to do the creator's will there exists no negative influence of mortal deprivation nor positive power of possible interference which can prevent such divinely motivated souls from securely ascending to the portals of paradise the creator desires to be in personal communion with all creatures there is on paradise a place to receive all those whose survival status and spiritual nature make possible such attainment therefore settle in your philosophy now and forever to each of you and to all of us deity is approachable the creator is attainable the way is open the forces of divine love and the ways and means of divine administration are all interlocked in an effort to facilitate the advancement of every worthy intelligence of every universe to the paradise presence of the universal source the fact that vast time is involved in the attainment of the source makes the presence and personality of the infinite none the less real your ascension is a part of the circuit of the seven super universes and though you swing around it countless times 
you may expect, in spirit and in status, to be ever swinging inward. You can depend upon being translated from sphere to sphere, from the outer circuits ever nearer the inner center, and some day, doubt not, you shall stand in the divine and central presence and see the Creator. It is a question of the attainment of actual and literal spiritual levels, and these spiritual levels are attainable by any being who has been indwelt by a mystery monitor and who has subsequently eternally fused with that thought adjuster. Our Creator is not in spiritual hiding, but so many creatures have hidden themselves away in the mists of their own willful decisions and for the time being have separated themselves from the communion of the Creator's spirit and the spirit of the Creator's divine offspring by the choosing of their own perverse ways and by the indulgence of the self-assertiveness of their intolerant minds and unspiritual natures. Mortals may draw near the universal creator and may repeatedly forsake the divine will so long as the power of choice remains. The final doom of mortals is not sealed until they have lost the power to choose the creator's will. There is never a closure of the divine parent's heart to the need and the petition of the universe children. These offspring only close their hearts forever to the Creator's drawing power when they finally and forever lose the desire to do the divine will, to know and be like the Creator. Likewise is a mortal's eternal destiny assured when a juster fusion proclaims to the universe that such an ascender has made the final and irrevocable choice to live the Creator's will. A part of the universal parent's infinite and eternal and incomprehensible self is given to live and dwell within each person. The Creator has embarked upon the eternal adventure with mortals. If you yield to the leadings of the spiritual forces in you and around you, you cannot fail to attain the high destiny established by a loving parent as the universe goal of the ascendant creatures from the evolutionary worlds of space. Section 2. The Presence of the Infinite The physical presence of the infinite is the reality of the material universe. The mind presence of deity must be determined by the depth of individual intellectual experience and by the evolutionary personality level. The spiritual presence of divinity must of necessity be differential in the universe. It is determined by the spiritual capacity of receptivity and by the degree of the consecration of the creature's will to the doing of the divine will. The universal source lives in every spirit-born child. The paradise beings always have access to the presence of the infinite and all creature personalities have access to deity. This refers to the personality circuit, whenever, wherever, and however contacted, or otherwise entails personal, self-conscious contact and communion with the universal source, whether at the central abode or at some other designated place, as on one of the seven sacred spheres of paradise. 
The divine presence cannot, however, be discovered anywhere in nature or even in the lives of deity-knowing mortals so fully and so certainly as in your attempted communion with the indwelling mystery monitor, the paradise thought adjuster. What a mistake to dream of the creator far off in the skies when the spirit of the universal parent lives within your own mind. It is because of this fragment that indwells you that you can hope as you progress in harmonizing with the adjuster's spiritual leadings to more fully discern the presence and transforming power of those other spiritual influences that surround you and impinge upon you but do not function as an integral part of you. The fact that you are not intellectually conscious of close and intimate contact with the indwelling adjuster does not in the least disprove such an exalted experience. The proof of relationship with the divine adjuster consists wholly in the nature and extent of the fruits of the spirit which are yielded in the life experience of the individual believer. It is exceedingly difficult for the meagerly spiritualized material minds of mortals to experience marked consciousness of the spirit activities of such divine entities as the paradise adjusters. As the soul of joint mind and adjuster creation becomes increasingly existent, there also evolves a new phase of soul consciousness which is capable of experiencing the presence and of recognizing the spirit leadings and other supermaterial activities of the mystery monitors. The entire experience of adjuster communion is one involving moral status, mental motivation, and spiritual experience. The self-realization of such an achievement is mainly, though not exclusively, limited to the realms of soul consciousness. But the proofs are forthcoming and abundant in the manifestation of the fruits of the Spirit in the lives of all such inner spirit contactors. Section 3. True Worship Though the Paradise deities from the universe standpoint are as one in the spiritual relations with such beings as inhabit Urantia, they are also three distinct and separate persons. There is a difference between the deities in the matter of personal appeals, communion, and other intimate relations. In the highest sense, we worship only the universal source. True, we can and do worship the source as manifested in the local universe creators, but it is the original source, directly or indirectly, who is worshipped and adored. Supplications of all kinds belong to the realm of the eternal spirit and the spirit's organization. Prayers, all formal communications, everything except adoration and worship of the universal source are matters that concern a local universe. They do not ordinarily proceed out of the realm of the jurisdiction of a local universe creator. But worship is undoubtedly encircuited and dispatched to the person of the source by the function of the personality circuit. We further believe that such registry of the homage of an adjuster indwelt creature 
is facilitated by the Creator's spirit presence. A tremendous amount of evidence exists to substantiate such a belief, and I know that all orders of thought adjusters are empowered to register the bona fide adoration of their subjects acceptably in the presence of the universal source. The adjusters undoubtedly also utilize direct pre-personal channels of communication with the Creator, and they are likewise able to utilize the spirit gravity circuits of the eternal spirit. Worship is for its own sake. Prayer embodies a self or creature interest element. That is the great difference between worship and prayer. There is absolutely no self-request or other element of personal interest in true worship. We simply worship what we comprehend deity to be. Worship asks nothing and expects nothing for the worshiper. We do not worship the Creator because of anything we may derive from such veneration. We render such devotion and engage in such worship as a natural and spontaneous reaction to the recognition of the Divine Parent's matchless personality, lovable nature, and adorable attributes. The moment the element of self-interest intrudes upon worship, that instant devotion translates from worship to prayer, and more appropriately should be directed to the person of the eternal spirit or the local universe creator. But in practical religious experience, there exists no reason why prayer should not be addressed to the universal creator as a part of true worship. When you deal with the practical affairs of your daily life, you are in the hands of the spirit personalities having origin in the third source and center. You are cooperating with the agencies of the conjoint actor. And so it is. You worship the universal source, pray to and commune with the eternal spirit, and work out the details of your earthly sojourn in connection with the intelligences of the infinite mind operating on your world and throughout your universe. The creators who preside over the destinies of the local universes stand in the place of both the universal source and the eternal spirit of paradise. These local universe creators receive, in the name of the source, the adoration of worship and give ear to the pleas of their petitioning subjects throughout their respective creations. To the children of a local universe, a local universe creator is, to all practical intents and purposes, deity. The local universe personification of the universal creator and the eternal spirit the infinite mind maintains personal contact with the children of these realms through the universe spirits, the administrative and creative associates of the local universe creators. Sincere worship connotes the mobilization of all the powers of the human personality under the dominance of the evolving soul and subject to the divine directionization of the associated thought adjuster. The mind of material limitations can never become highly conscious of the real significance of true worship. The realization of the reality of the worship experienced by mortals 
is chiefly determined by the developmental status of the evolving immortal soul. The spiritual growth of the soul takes place wholly independently of the intellectual self-consciousness. The worship experience consists in the sublime attempt of the betrothed adjuster to communicate to the divine parent the inexpressible longings and the unutterable aspirations of the human soul, the conjoint creation of the creator-seeking mortal mind and the creator-revealing immortal adjuster. Worship is, therefore, the act of the material mind's ascending to the attempt of its spiritualizing self under the guidance of the associated spirit to communicate with deity as a faith child of the universal parent. The mortal mind consents to worship. The immortal soul craves and initiates worship. The divine adjuster presence conducts such worship in behalf of the mortal mind and the evolving immortal soul. True worship, in the last analysis, becomes an experience realized on four cosmic levels, the intellectual, the morontial, the spiritual, and the personal, the consciousness of mind, soul, and spirit, and their unification in personality. Section 4, Deity in Religion. The morality of the religions of evolution drives mortals forward in the deity quest by the motive power of fear. The religions of revelation allure humans to seek for a deity of love because they crave to become divine. But religion is not merely a passive feeling of absolute dependence and surety of survival. It is a living and dynamic experience of divinity attainment predicated on humanity service. The great and immediate service of true religion is the establishment of an enduring unity in human experience, a lasting peace and a profound assurance. With primitive mortals, even polytheism is a relative unification of the evolving concept of deity. Polytheism is monotheism in the making. Sooner or later, Deity is destined to be comprehended as the reality of values, the substance of meanings, and the life of truth. The universal source is not only the determiner of destiny, but is humanity's eternal destination. All non-religious human activities seek to bend the universe to the distorting service of self. The truly religious individual seeks to identify the self with the universe and then to dedicate the activities of this unified self to the service of the universe family of beings, human and superhuman. The domains of philosophy and art intervene between the non-religious and the religious activities of the human self. Through art and philosophy, material-minded mortals are inveigled into the contemplation of the spiritual realities and universe values of eternal meanings. All religions teach the worship of deity 
and some doctrine of human salvation. The Buddhist religion promised salvation through enlightenment. The Jewish religion promised salvation predicated on righteousness. The Greek religion promised salvation through the realization of beauty. Christianity promised salvation in the life to come. Islam provided salvation through submission to the will of deity. The religion of Jesus is salvation from self, deliverance from the evils of creature isolation in time and in eternity. The Hebrews based their religion on goodness, the Greeks on beauty. Both religions sought truth. Jesus revealed a God of love, and love is all-embracing of truth, beauty, and goodness. The Zoroastrians had a religion of morals, the Hindus a religion of metaphysics, the Confucianists a religion of ethics. Jesus lived a religion of service. All these religions are of value in that they are partial approaches to true religion. Religion is destined to become the reality of the spiritual unification of all that is good, beautiful, and true in human experience. The Greek religion had a watchword, quote, know yourself, end quote. The Hebrews centered their teaching on, quote, know your God, end quote. The Christians preached a gospel aimed at a, quote, knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, end quote. Jesus proclaimed the good news of, quote, knowing God and yourself as a child of God, end quote. These differing concepts of the purpose of religion determine the individual's attitude in various life situations and foreshadow the depth of worship and the nature of personal habits of prayer. The spiritual status of any religion may be determined by the nature of its prayers. The concept of a semi-human and jealous deity is an inevitable transition between polytheism and sublime monotheism. An exalted anthropomorphism is the highest attainment level of purely evolutionary religion. Christianity elevated the concept of anthropomorphism from the ideal of the human to the transcendent and divine concept of the person of the glorified Christ. And this is the highest anthropomorphism that humans can ever conceive. The Christian concept of God was an attempt to combine three separate teachings. One, the Hebrew concept, God as a vindicator of moral values, a righteous God. Two, the Greek concept, God as a unifier, a God of wisdom. And three, Jesus' concept, God as a living friend, a loving father, the divine presence. It must therefore be evident that composite Christian theology encounters great difficulty in attaining consistency. This difficulty is further aggravated by the fact that the doctrines of early Christianity were generally based on the personal religious experience of three different persons, Philo of Alexandria, Jesus of Nazareth, and Paul of Tarsus. In the study of the religious life of Jesus, view him positively. Think not so much of his sinlessness as of his righteousness, 
his loving service. Jesus upstepped the passive love disclosed in the Hebrew concept of the heavenly king to the higher active and creature-loving affection of a creator who is the parent of every individual, even of the wrongdoer. Section 5. The Consciousness of Our Creator Morality has its origin in the reason of self-consciousness. It is super-animal but wholly evolutionary. Human evolution embraces in its unfolding all endowments antecedent to the bestowal of the adjusters and to the pouring out of the spirit of truth. But the attainment of levels of morality does not deliver mortals from the real struggles of living. The physical environment of mortals entails the battle for existence. The social surroundings necessitate ethical adjustments. The moral situations require the making of choices in the highest realms of reason. The spiritual experience, in parentheses, having realized deity, and parentheses, demands that humans find and sincerely strive to be like the Creator. Religion is not grounded in the facts of science, the obligations of society, the assumptions of philosophy, or the implied duties of morality. Religion is an independent realm of human response to life situations and is unfailingly exhibited at all stages of human development, which are post-moral. Religion may permeate all four levels of the realization of values and the enjoyment of universe kinship, the physical or material level of self-preservation, the social or emotional level of kinship, the moral or duty level of reason, the spiritual level of the consciousness of universe kinship through divine worship. The fact-seeking scientist conceives of the source as the first cause, a deity of force. The emotional artist sees the source as the ideal of beauty, a deity of aesthetics. The reasoning philosopher is sometimes inclined to posit a source of universal unity, even a pantheistic deity. The religionist of faith believes in a creator who fosters survival, the universal parent, the source of love. Moral conduct is always an antecedent of evolved religion and a part of even revealed religion, but never the whole of religious experience. Social service is the result of moral thinking and religious living. Morality does not biologically lead to the higher spiritual levels of religious experience. The adoration of the abstract beautiful is not the worship of the Creator, neither is exaltation of nature, nor the reverence of unity the worship of deity. Evolutionary religion is the parent of the science, art, and philosophy which elevated humanity to the level of receptivity to revealed religion, including the bestowal of adjusters and the coming of the spirit of truth. The evolutionary picture of human existence begins and ends with religion, although very different qualities of religion, one evolutional and biological, the other revelational and periodical.
And so, while religion is normal and natural to humankind, it is also optional. Mortals do not have to be religious against their will. Religious experience, being essentially spiritual, can never be fully understood by the material mind, hence the function of theology, the psychology of religion. The essential doctrine of the human realization of deity creates a paradox in finite comprehension. It is well-nigh impossible for human logic and finite reason to harmonize the concept of divine immanence, the creator within and a part of every individual, with the idea of the creator's transcendence, the divine domination of the universe of universes. These two essential concepts of deity must be unified in the faith grasp of the concept of the transcendence of a personal creator and in the realization of the indwelling presence of a fragment of that creator in order to justify intelligent worship and validate the hope of personality survival. The difficulties and paradoxes of religion are inherent in the fact that the realities of religion are utterly beyond the mortal capacity for intellectual comprehension. Mortals secure three great satisfactions from religious experience, even in the days of their temporal sojourn on earth. One, intellectually they acquired the satisfactions of a more unified human consciousness. Two, philosophically they enjoy the substantiation of their ideals of moral values. Three, spiritually, they thrive in the experience of divine companionship, in the spiritual satisfactions of true worship. Creator consciousness, as it is experienced by an evolving mortal of the realms, must consist of three varying factors, three differential levels of reality realization. There is first the mind consciousness the comprehension of the idea of deity. Then follows the soul consciousness, the realization of the ideal of deity. Last dawns the spirit consciousness, the realization of the spirit reality of deity. By the unification of these factors of the divine realization, no matter how incomplete, the mortal personality at all times overspreads all conscious levels with a realization of the personality of the Creator. In those mortals who have attained the core of the finality, all this will in time lead to the realization of the supremacy of deity and may subsequently eventuate in the realization of the ultimacy of deity some phase of the absinite superconsciousness of the paradise creator. The experience of creator consciousness remains the same from generation to generation, but with each advancing epoch in human knowledge, the philosophic concept and the theologic definitions of deity must change. Creator knowingness, religious consciousness, is a universe reality, but no matter how valid, parentheses, real, 
and parentheses, religious experience is, it must be willing to subject itself to intelligent criticism and reasonable philosophic interpretation. It must not seek to be a thing apart in the totality of human experience. Eternal survival of personality is wholly dependent on the choosing of the mortal mind, whose decisions determine the survival potential of the immortal soul. When the mind believes the Creator, and the soul knows the Creator, and when, with the fostering adjuster, they all desire the Creator, then survival is assured. Limitations of intellect, curtailment of education, deprivation of culture, impoverishment of social status, even inferiority of the human standards of morality resulting from the unfortunate lack of educational, cultural, and social advantages cannot invalidate the presence of the divine spirit in such unfortunate and humanly handicapped but believing individuals. The indwelling of the mystery monitor constitutes the inception and ensures the possibility of the potential of growth and survival of the immortal soul. The ability of mortal parents to procreate is not predicated on their educational, cultural, social, or economic status. The union of the parental factors under natural conditions is quite sufficient to initiate offspring. A human mind discerning right and wrong and possessing the capacity to worship the Creator in union with a divine adjuster is all that is required in that mortal to initiate and foster the production of an immortal soul of survival qualities. If such a spirit-endowed individual seeks and sincerely desires to become like our Creator, honestly elects to do the will of the Creator. Section 6. The Source of Personality The universal source is the creator of personalities. The domain of universe personality, from the lowest mortal and material creature of personality status to the highest persons of creator dignity and divine status, has its center and circumference in the universal source. The Creator is the bestower and the conservator of every personality, and the Paradise Creator is likewise the destiny of all those finite personalities who wholeheartedly choose to do the divine will, those who love and long to be like the Creator. Personality is one of the unsolved mysteries of the universes we are able to form adequate concepts of the factors entering into the makeup of various orders and levels of personality. But we do not fully comprehend the real nature of the personality itself. We clearly perceive the numerous factors which, when put together, constitute the vehicle for human personality. But we do not fully comprehend the nature and significance of such a finite personality. Personality is potential in all creatures who possess a mind endowment ranging from the minimum of self-consciousness to the maximum of creator consciousness.
But mind endowment alone is not personality, neither is spirit nor physical energy. Personality is that quality and value in cosmic reality which is exclusively bestowed by the universal source upon these living systems of the associated and coordinated energies of matter, mind, and spirit. Neither is personality a progressive achievement. Personality may be material or spiritual, but there either is personality or there is no personality. The other than personal never attains the level of the personal except by the direct act of the Paradise Creator. The bestowal of personality is the exclusive function of the universal source. The personalization of the living energy systems which the source endows with the attributes of relative creative consciousness and free will control. There is no personality apart from the Creator. And no personality exists except for the Creator. The fundamental attributes of human selfhood, as well as the absolute adjuster nucleus of the human personality, are the bestowals of the universal source's exclusively personal domain of cosmic ministry. The adjusters of pre-personal status indwell numerous types of mortal creatures, thus ensuring that these same beings may survive mortal death to personalize as Morancha creatures with the potential of ultimate spirit attainment. For when such a creature mind of personality endowment is indwelt by a fragment of the spirit of the eternal source, the pre-personal bestowal of the personal creator, then this finite personality possesses the potential of the divine and the eternal and aspires to a destiny akin to the ultimate, even reaching out for a realization of the absolute. Capacity for divine personality is inherent in the pre-personal adjuster. Capacity for human personality is potential in the cosmic mind endowment of the human being. But the experiential personality of mortals is not observable as an active and functional reality until after the material life vehicle of the mortal creature has been touched by the liberating divinity of the universal parent, being thus launched upon the series of experience as a self-conscious and uh, parentheses, relatively, and parentheses, self-determinative and self-creative personality, the material self is truly and unqualifiedly personal. The material self has personality and identity, temporal identity. The pre-personal spirit adjuster also has identity, eternal identity. This material personality and this spirit pre-personality are capable of so uniting their creative attributes as to bring into existence the surviving identity of the immortal soul. Having thus provided for the growth of the immortal soul 
and having liberated the individual's inner self from the fetters of absolute dependence on antecedent causation, the Creator stands aside. Now, mortals, having thus been liberated from the fetters of causation response, at least as pertains to eternal destiny, and provision having been made for the growth of the immortal self, the soul, it remains for individuals to will the creation or to inhibit the creation of this surviving and eternal self, which is theirs for the choosing. No other being, force, creator, or agency in all the wide universe of universes can interfere to any degree with the absolute sovereignty of the mortal free will as it operates within the realms of choice regarding the eternal destiny of the personality of the choosing mortal. As pertains to eternal survival, the Creator has decreed the sovereignty of the material and mortal will, and that decree is absolute. The bestowal of creature personality confers relative liberation from slavish response to antecedent causation, and the personalities of all such moral beings, evolutionary or otherwise, are centered in the personality of the universal parent. They are ever drawn towards the Creator's paradise presence by that kinship of being which constitutes the vast and universal family circle and familial circuit of the eternal source. There is a kinship of divine spontaneity in all personality. The personality circuit of the universe of universes is centered in the person of the universal source and the Paradise Creator is personally conscious of and in personal touch with all personalities of all levels of self-conscious existence. And this personality consciousness of all creation exists independently of the mission of the thought adjusters. As all gravity is circuited in the Isle of Paradise, as all mind is circuited in the conjoint actor, and all spirit in the eternal spirit, so is all personality circuited in the personal presence of the universal source. And this circuit unerringly transmits the worship of all personalities to the original and eternal personality. Concerning those personalities who are not adjuster indwelt, the attribute of choice, liberty, is also bestowed by the universal source, and such persons are likewise embraced in the great circuit of divine love, the personality circuit of the universal creator. The creator provides for the sovereign choice of all true personalities. No personal creature can be coerced into the eternal adventure. The portal of eternity opens only in response to the free will choice of the free will children of the source of free will. And this represents my efforts to present the relation of the living creator to the children of time. And when all is said and done, 
I can do nothing more helpful than to reiterate that the Creator is your universe parent and that you are all the Creator's planetary children. This is the fifth and last of a series presenting the narrative of the Universal Source, which had been originally composed by a Divine Counselor of Uversa.